This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios, presented by Delish Hamburgers. Speak Studios is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios and at their website, speakpodcasting.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. Darren Salquist. As we set course on our journey, we will come across challenges and obstacles. It's these challenges and obstacles that will determine how bad we want to obtain our goals. Darren Falk. Welcome, welcome. This is Jessica and Darren Salquist with Next Level Transformational Coaching coming to you with Next Level. Good vibes only. Yes. So today we are so excited that we have a guest with us, Sean Kingsbury. And so I'd like to just say a couple things about him and then open up the mic for you to share a little more about you. So what I did see today is that um, you are a social change architect, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I love that term. Yeah. It's so awesome. You are a leader and a mentor in the community, and you are also owner and founder of the Pura Vida, um, Pura Vida Recovery and the Reclaim Project Northwest. So I want to open it up to you and welcome you. This is our very first guest. We're super excited on this ninth episode, and we're going to be talking about conquering obstacles. Right on. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, I'm the founder and director now of the Reclaim Project, which we moved Pura Vida underneath. So we're a men's transformational platform. We help guys transitioning from addiction, incarceration, and homelessness. So we have a construction company, a housing company, and then a uh, humble CrossFit gym or a, a workout gym. And then we do yoga, all the things that we do at Pura Vida. We still do hiking, biking, paddleboarding, and all those life-affirming and transformational activities. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Just a great opportunity for people to have a different approach to recovery and becoming healthy and making connections. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like It's a mechanism for change, and, uh, and the three of us definitely know a, a good mechanism beats a good plan So every time, so... Yeah, super awesome, man. And hats off to you for bringing that here to Spokane and having that available to these individuals here. And, and we've had you on a, a one of our, not a podcast, but when we did some videoing before. Interviewing. Interviewing, yeah. And we um, talked about how you brought that to Spokane. Can you share some of that of bringing that to Spokane and why Spokane? Bringing Pura Vida here. Yes, yeah, well, this is my hometown, and many people know my story. I had an 18-year drug and alcohol addiction, and I, during that, I ran all across the United States, always trying to find a new solution for me. And uh, when I finally got sober and I came up with the idea of an active sober community, I thought that there would be no better place to face everything that I've been running from no better place to have a living amends be made. And, um, yeah, this is home. I, it, the very first Pura Vida location was literally blocks from my childhood home. So that's, you know, there's quotes out there, like, make change where, where you're from. Start there and then watch it grow from there. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm Super visualizing, awesome. like, this tree 
and your roots and like you're growing this beautiful tree and then every year it just becomes more flourished and and it's you know producing you know all this beautiful fruit and wonderful things so um, I always like to share my visualizations yeah, that I see. I, I like it. Paints a picture. That, that tree's been through some storms and some obstacles. <laughs> yes. So it's, it, but it made it stronger, <clears throat> much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's Rips. the biggest thing, right? When we talk about obstacles and challenges, how when we overcome those, how we do come out stronger. And those are the things that I think without challenges and these obstacles that get in front of us at times that sometimes seem not capable of us overcoming but when we really focus and go towards that direction, that drive, and put the work into it or surround ourselves by individuals that can help us get over that obstacle and challenge, how much stronger we are and the lessons that we've learned. And then by your journey, being able to create what you've created and bring that back to Spokane and the people that you're helping, how awesome is that? In a sense that you went through some difficult challenges and times in your life. With that being said, that led to what you're doing right now today. Absolutely. And also, you know, pure. So I'm a guy who never listened in school. I, I, my first semester of college, I was done. Right. So no formal education. And for me to, to come back here and be like, yeah, I'm just going to start this 501c3 nonprofit. And, you know, we're going to have do all these activities. I had zero skill sets for that. And attaching that to my recovery, attaching that to my growth, was that mechanism like, okay, everything that you want to be in life is on this horizon. So now you need to become the man who can make this thing come forward. And, and then so like I've always said that the person who will get the most from Pure Vita ever is me because it's been this huge growth platform for me. So bringing it back to <clears throat> obstacles, and how you conquered them. So I imagine along this process, you said kind of when I talked about the tree, you're like, oh, there's been some storms with that tree, you know? So I am just imagining that you have some really great um, learning opportunities and growth stories that you can share and you couple with us that, what did that look like for you? How did you overcome obstacles along the way? Like you said, you were like, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get started and I have no clue. So Let's start from there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've always, I've always done pilot tests. I've always, and I've done a few of them now uh, to just see if it worked. And my very first pilot test was in a treatment center back in Portland, Maine, where I literally was just like, let's see what hiking, biking, paddleboarding, and these life affirming activities do for someone in recovery. Cause they're doing so much for me. And so once I saw this real, this huge growth, I was like, I have to formalize this and I have to make, give this to as many people as I can. And, um, and that happened, you know, I came back here and just through some tenacity and grit and that tenacity and grit is actually, um, a childhood thing. I inherited that from my mom and my dad, um, and from sports so I had that in place and it's like, I'm, I'm going to make this thing happen. You know, and life gives you a lot of grace. I had a lot of grace at that time too. So we became very popular, very fast. It was a new concept, new, you know, new concepts get traction, but new concepts also push up against old uh, stigma and dogma. And, and then, so something that I, you know, I came into, I have a, a, an abundance or like, a, like over positivity kind of thing. And then 
So like a year into Pura Vida, we're just doing so well. And then came the, all the naysayers and all the doubters and all the, well, you're, 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 you're changing the way that people recover. And I was like, no, I'm not changing. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to add these skill sets. I'm trying to add these activities. And then, um, so that was a big hurdle. And then such a gross moment for me is just like learning to shut down the noise and ask myself what's true, what's true here. And also like ask myself, like, what, is this really what you want to do? Because you got a battle in front of you kind of thing. And so in now, and that's taken place for years. One of the things about having come up on that obstacle is it allowed me to just get a thicker skin. You know, one of my favorite authors says, if you're going to help anyone, you're going to have the skin of a rhino and a heart of an angel kind of yeah. thing. So I, I came in with my heart just on my sleeve. Let's do this and super excited. And then it's like, bam, oh, you better grow some skin kind of thing yeah. quickly. But yeah, and so that was, in, you know, one of the things about obstacles is we make them so big in our head. And especially when it's the first time you've ever felt it, that like, oh my gosh, the world is crashing down around me. Because now, like, I can have someone say something and it'll just bounce right off, kind of thing. So, we, we, uh, the emotional charge behind obstacles is a big one. And I, I like that point is, well, kind of what I'm taking from it is, like you said, that first time those obstacles come, because there's emotional, physical, there's so many different aspects of obstacles in our life. And your first obstacle there was naysayers. Like, you can't change the game here. We have to sit around in a group, in a circle, and say, I'm an addict, you know, like, and just talk about it only. And so so you going outside the box, non-conforming, right? When we don't conform to society's norms, sometimes that's where the, um, <clears throat> for a consequence or a naysayer or somebody comes in to critique and criticize what we're doing without saying, hey, this could be a really great idea. How could we, you know, see if this actually works? And like you said, hey, I like to pilot things. I like to experience it, see if it actually works. So what I was thinking about too is that, um, you know, you it was working for you with your recovery and then you open the door to meet other people where they're at too because not everybody's the same. We're all different. We're all unique. And you gave people who want to recover another venue, another opportunity to recover in, in that way and not that traditional AA or NA. And so um, I love that obstacle analogy of the, the heart and the rhino because um, you are kind of conquering those obstacles as they come and knowing that there's going to be more, right? Because we can't live life and make change and be an architect change, you know, change architect without knowing that there's going to be obstacles along the way. And so when you come forward and you, and you come face to face with those obstacles, um, what are some of the things other than just, you know, the thick skin and the, you know, like letting it bounce off you like you're a superhero, but, you know, so what are some other things that you incorporate as, techniques that you'd want to share with other people like how can you conquer these obstacles and sure what are they sure i think a really important thing to mention here is that you will never not have an obstacle if you're trying to do something if you're trying to create something it, it it'd be like you're never gonna go through life and have in trip and fall and so when you do run up onto this obstacle you it, it's easier when you say oh this is happening and you acknowledge it, and then you take a look at what it really is. 
Because like I said before, we can make these things so much bigger than they are. So for me, I'll take a step back. And if I, it's a, it, depending on how big an obstacle it is, I will take an appropriate step back to get the right view of what's really going on kind of thing. And so that, that helps me a lot. I take small steps when I, small little pivots, small steps, small uh, adjustments, and then find, uh, I'm an athlete, so I'm always thinking about like sports analogies kind of thing. But like when you're a running back and you hit this wall, like uh, so many great running backs were able to take one step back and then get a clear vision and then hit the next hole. So as a former running back, it's kind of what I do, right? And, and, um, but at the same time, I'm looking forward. And I also now have the belief that there's not much that I can't conquer just because I have this momentum. And that's a big thing. And, that, you know, I have a three-year-old son. And now as a, you know, as a new dad, I think about him and like having him run up against obstacles. And I want him to have those obstacles because I want him to create that momentum to be like, yeah, you just jumped over that log. That was amazing. You scratched your leg kind of thing. Now, can you jump over two logs? And then, you know, that belief and that understanding that you can accomplish it, that's a, it's a huge part of this. Yeah, I love it. I'm just nodding my head. I wish you could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, and, and as you're talking about the football analogy, I, I, I just love what you're saying about that because what's, what's, what's the object of the game? To move the ball forward and get to that goal line, get to, get to the goal. We got this ball and we got to move it forward and, and we got these individuals that are in front of us that their job is to stop us. The right? obstacles. The <laughs> obstacles. And you got to get through that obstacle to move that ball forward. And that's what is so cool. And then you get the ball all the way down there. You get five yards, two yards from the goal line. And there's no guarantee. You think, God, I, I just traveled 90, 92, 98 yards. I got two yards to go to, to get this ball in into the goal, into the end zone. But yet there's those big individuals that are in front of us. And their job is like, sorry, man, you're not doing it. Not in my house. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the part where you have to come up with this plan and, and this in, in this process, and either you're winning or you're learning, and that's the biggest thing, right? When we look at the the uh, Seattle Seahawks, when we threw that interception to win the game against the New, New England Patriots, two yards, or it, I don't know, was it a yard or two yards? And Russell Wilson threw that interception, and everybody's like, "Oh my goodness!" Right? They lost the game, but you can't score the touchdown if you're not willing to throw that interception. And that's a great uh, book that comes actually from the book of, uh, oh, now I'm losing the name of the book now. I'll have to come back to that book. <laughs> so many things that come to me, but that's what I love you know, that analogy. And I might be fast forwarding about obstacles, but you get to a point where it is a game and it's fun. And if you didn't have these big amazing athletes trying to check you know these big obstacles it it would be no fun to just like march the football down the field and just like oh touchdown again touchdown again it's like those obstacles become part of the flow state become part of the uh the journey there yeah i love that part. yeah and and then planning right i mean each each side is having their own plan one's to stop you and your plan is to get through them so it's 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 even in the sense when we talk about what we talked about in the quote that we started with earlier, you know, it's these challenges and these obstacles are going to determine how bad you want it. And that's the thing, again, with the football analogy or what you've done with the amazing doing the reclaim project and everything that you've done with Pure V and growing that and knowing that 
when you came here, like you didn't have any knowledge or experience in this thing. This isn't it's like something you went to school for and studying like, okay, I'm gonna go back and here's my, here's what I'm going to do because I've done all this training. You're like, you just came here with a vision. You're like, okay, how am I going to get this done? Right. Everything's is figure outable. And that's, what's cool about what you did that. Wow. This is a big challenge and there's an obstacle there, but you know what? I got this. Let me just figure it out. And you did it. Look how far you've come man. So, I mean, hats off to, to what you've done and what you have accomplished and even from, again, your history, what you went through, all that stuff was necessary to get you to where you're at today. Because it would be a, a totally different journey, right? A- absolutely. And I will never minimize someone's struggle. I will never, I, because it, it, you just can't. And for me, addiction, so let me back up a little bit. No one wishes addiction on someone. No one. And it, it just like no one wishes cancer on someone. But when you come out the other side and you take a look back and say, and you can be like, I conquered that kind of thing, it becomes part of your DNA. It becomes, you find out why you're here. And for me, just being able to turn that around, to turn that mess around and to be able to every day now, you know, be able to like, you know, I always say make a living amends to like all the people I hurt in my addiction. You know, my mom never cries herself to sleep anymore about her son, you know, that in that super powerful. And I can look, uh, you know, when a guy comes through the door and is like, my mom's just so worried about me. I can be like, bro, I've been there. My mom used to cry herself to sleep every night. She doesn't anymore. She doesn't worry about me. She doesn't worry about her grandson because she, I became a capable man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now she goes to bed with a smile. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. <laughs> um, so how much of this, like, greater meaning and purpose of life, identity, like how much of the experience that you've gone through has created, I mean, I think I know your answer, but I'm going to still ask the question, but, um, like, how much of this has created it? Because, like, you know, you're not going to take back what you went through because this has created who you are. But as far as your identity and, and now you move forward, like, how much has that impacted that? Oh, a, a, a ton. Um, how do I? I? Well, one of the things I, I will like when so Pura Vida had a beat down. Like I got a beat down, right? Politically, financially, socially, um, spiritually, and for me now, like, and I've said it before, is as part of my identity, I can be resilient. And I, and I can use that momentum as resilience, right? So the other thing, too, is it's like I want to be someone who people that will help everyone understand that you can actually rewire your brain away from addiction, that you don't have to carry these labels forever, that you can be a productive member of society. And so now, like, talk about, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about you should bear as much weight as you can. And so now I have this, this heavy weight on me, but talk about keeping me sober. Talk about, you know, helping me propel me or a mechanism to move forward. I got to move forward. I, this is what I do. And then and all, the, all the young men who will come behind me at the Reclaim Project, it, it, it's powerful. And, you know, I have found my purpose, which just anchored my sobriety. Yeah. yeah. And it's super cool. Like it's, Again, focus on what you want to happen. This is we had a um, we sat in a webinar conversation with Lanny Basham, who wrote uh, the book. It takes what it 
It takes what it takes. Winning it, with, Win it, winning, with winning in mind. I'm so bad with books right now. <laughs> <laughs> the other book was so called, I think, uh, let me write it. I wrote, uh, It Takes What It Takes. <laughs> that was the other book I was trying to refer to. But with, with, with Lanny Basham and, and focusing on what you want to happen versus what you don't want to happen, right? You want to be successful, so focus on that. Don't focus on what's going to get in the way necessarily, what could hold you back. But with the, having that destination, again, I would say the football analogy. What's the goal? The goal is to get down there and, and put that ball in the end zone. And there's going to be the, that other team that's in your way, but you're going to create plans and you're going to do the work to, to get it done. And that's where what you've been doing and, and what to take things in that light to focus on your goal, get there, and knowing that those officers are going to come across and, and try to stop you. But if it's important to you, you, you you're going to overcome that. That's where your focus is. Yeah, I have an ism or a saying in, for rec- people in recovery. What got you clean and sober is usually pain. It's usually pain and suffering. It's usually the ugly, all the ugly that comes around addiction. But that won't keep you sober. It's the life that you create and you create a life worth not, not losing. That's going to keep you sober in the long run. We have these built-in forgetters. We forget that pain. And that, you know, that's where relapse comes from a lot. So people will get sober because they want, you know, they want the courts off their back, their family off their back. They want to like look and feel good again. And then they forget all that pain and misery, but they haven't created a life worth not losing. So that vision. So right when people come in the door at the Reclaim Project, we're talking about, we're, we're goal setting. We're like, what do you want your life to look like? What, who is your true authentic self? Who are you? What does it look like out there? And using that as a mechanism to pull them into sobriety. Well, that reminds me of one of these quotes that has an unknown author, but we loved this. It said, obstacles are placed in our way to see if what we want is really worth fighting for. And the thing that came to mind first was my life, my life. Is my life worth fighting for? And what you just said kind of prompted me back to that is, do I want it bad enough? Is Do I have the right goals and reasons why I want to do it? Is it because I want to get people off my back and get out of the court system and just, you know, shut people up for a moment? Or do I truly love myself? Can I see myself and have hope that I will love myself enough one day to be able to be sober and to be able to recover and not identify myself as I will, I will always be an addict. And so, um, is life, is your life worth living for? Are you worth living for? And so I think those are powerful things to think about. And there, I think there are times that people are going through recovery and they're just like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if there is anything worth fighting for that hard. Um, so how do you, how do you approach that too in obstacles when you, someone comes to you and they're just like on that edge where they don't, they don't know if they really want to fight for it or not. Uh, Absolutely. We'll start small. Gratitude goes a long way. So uh, I I was in treatment, and a cup of coffee in the morning was just something I could hold on to. And, <laughs> and I did not love myself back then, and um, I was really reckless with myself. So, so when I'm working with a young man who is in that position, I'm like, what, what can – maybe you get really amped, amped up about longboarding. Or maybe, you know, you've just always kind of thought you were a creator or a builder or something. We'll latch right onto that. All right, this is what we're doing. And then watch that um, allow them to have enough time to to get some esteem back and get some, you know, get some, uh, just 
some once again momentum back. Yeah, I love when you talk about heart again. This is something that we we've been talking about a lot too about choose your heart, and I love this that this has come to light because actually this all came to light with my mom posting a post on Facebook one time about this saying about choosing your heart, and this is where it's hard to have addictions and to give into those things, but it's also hard to get rid of those addictions. But the goal is, is choose your heart. Where do you want to put your efforts? And that's the part of hopeful people have goals. And that's the part where they talk about depression, where depression really sets in that people feel that their future is not going to be any better than what it is today. So that's where that depression kind of sets in because they don't see themselves getting better. They don't, they don't see that light. But that's what's awesome, what you're bringing in is say, hey, what is it that you want to do, man? Where's your passion? Where, where can we, what can we touch base on? And just take one little step. What can we do today to get you closer? And that one little step, that's where the hope starts, right? That's just that little little dash of light that starts to come into that person by taking that one step and saying, okay, this was pretty cool today. Great. That's today. Let's see what tomorrow brings because tomorrow we're going to need to do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, man, I, I just, I love what you've been doing. I, I love your story and your journey of, of just this continuous growth and, and, and this, what you're bringing to the community and helping other individuals, man. And this is what life is all about is, what can we do to help other individuals? And this is where I would say for myself, at least a fulfilling life is knowing that you helped others. It wasn't just so me centered. It wasn't just about me and me doing whatever I can do for myself. But how, and that <laughs> I'm not a super religious person, but this is where I feel like life is a gift. And what are you going to do with it? This, this this gift that we've been given that we get to live every day is how are we going to choose to live it and, and what are we going to do with it? Are we going to make an impact on the world? Are we going to make an impact on one person? And that's what you're doing, man, one person at a time, making this impact. And that one person is now growing to this community. And what I like about it also is the things that you've come up against that, well, this is not how we do it. You know, you're doing something different. That's cool. You do it your way. I'll do it my way. There is no the way. And the Thing is, is to connect to the person that's going to work for that person, and so that I don't mean I just I just love everything that we're talking about today. I appreciate that. I I so I work with guys who are coming out of a tent on the street, and I work with guys who their parents have all the money in the world, kind of thing. And the one thing they have in common is finding their purpose, is what's going to keep them sober, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because all the money in the world's not going to fix it. I've watched it all the time. And then we we've watched we've watched tons of people take their life who had every every imaginable thing that we could ever want and it just wasn't enough. And when you are blessed for myself, like to be blessed to find what I'm here for, like not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. And and to be and so I wake up every day just pumped to be like, wow, I get to do this and talk about and I get to have this um not necessarily i mean i get to have an impact in people's life but i get to just grow like i get to grow while doing what i what i and and i almost said i get to grow while doing what i love Mm -hmm. but like sometimes it's super hard (laughs) it's like really difficult and i'm like you know but for me it wasn't about like like material things didn't weren't getting me sober. I tried that. I, I, I went out and made all the money and tried to, tried to keep sober that way. I went out and 
chased girls and tried to keep sober that way. All, all the things, ego, muscles, all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it was just like, hey, how do I show up for my community? And that's what keeps me sober. Yeah, yeah. That internal part, that soul, that I just think of that internally. Like if, we, if we're not there internally about who we are, um, how can we be service to others too, right? Where um, if you're externally focused, like extrinsically focused all the time and not intrinsically focused, that gets us into trouble, right? Where we're just like a carrot's dangling in front of us and we're like, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. Um, even though obstacles occur in that path too, I would rather have those obstacles that come up because I'm bettering who I am. And in that is is providing service to the community. So um, we are getting close to about 30 minutes also, but I did want to bring up, um, so Ryan Holiday has a book called Obstacle is the Way. And I don't know if you have ever read it, but I love that con- concept of obstacle is the way. So I wanted to throw out the question there is, how, how do you feel about that statement? Do you think that obstacles are the way or would you, what would your take be on that? I think if you're making moves, there's got to be friction that if you're really challenging yourself, getting out of your comfort zone, there's going to be things in your way. And that's just a way of knowing that you're moving forward. If life's easy and chill then you're not moving forward. Yeah. The growth is stagnant or not happening. Mm -hmm. One of the other quotes that I um, really liked about, um, the curve basically is as regards to obstacles, the shortest distance between two points can be a curve. And so I always, that's what I'm always saying. Hey, there's A and B. There's never that straight line. There are ups and downs and valleys and peaks that we're going to go through. And like you said, if there's that straight line, um, what did I learn from that? You know, if it was handed to me, where was my growth there? You know, um, that's why when you mentioned, you know, you can't, can't solve sobriety or recovery with, with money or materialistic things, you know, that makes me think of that too, of how, wow. Yeah, you can't, you can't. I mean, it's just, that's not really the root of the issue. So, um, anything else you want to share Darren or Sean, as far as obstacles and conquering them? I'll just go around just talking about what, you know, and Sean, when you were explaining the different ways that you went down these lines of trying to help you with your sobriety, and this is where a lot of people think, oh, I failed, that's a failure, I failed, I failed, but it, there's that quote, and again, I think it's Lanny Basham talks, either we're winning or we're learning, and the thing is, and when you go through something, instead of looking at as things as a failure because you tried something and that didn't work, so I failed, well, one, you just learned how not to do something, and then also going through that process, okay, this didn't work for me, but man, it, it held me close, so what can I take? of that and apply it towards something else and going down this path. And that's what's cool is that to never give up on that goal. The goal is always out there to try to reach for. And maybe we don't always get there right away, but we're that much closer. And then to take that time to learn, okay, that didn't work. What do I need to do next and not give up on that goal? So that's what's super cool. And then also I just say, you know, again, in order to get polished, you got to be able to enjoy the rub. You know, the rub is what gets us polished, and, and it's those types of things to go through life is it's not going to be easy. If life was easy, I, I'm not sure how enjoyable that would be either, and that's what we talked about, money. You have all, everybody thinks the answer is money, to have money, be able to do whatever I want. <laughs> you can look at a lot, of, a lot of things in history, and again, what you talked about, the people that you've worked with have that money, except they're still not finding the happiness. So the happiness is that pursuit of what does make you happy, and... That's where I just think, you know, giving to others, kindness, doing for others, finding that reward, 
getting that reward by seeing people smile, knowing that you helped somebody today. And that, that's, I think that's a gift. That's, that's a huge gift of, I think, what Jess and I get to do with what you're doing in, in your uh, pursuit. And, um, man, I just love it. I just more people like you and just doing for others and, and uh, life would be good. <laughs> life yeah. would be good. <laughs> I know that I will fail today. I know that I will fail tomorrow and I will fail in the future. And with that, uh, one of my, one of my big growth things for the last two years is how do I get more childlike? How do I like watching my son play like, man, he can fall off of anything. It just be like, we're still playing, (laughs) you know? And, and when you can get hyper gratitude and, and come at things from a, you know, life is difficult, but if you can right size them and you can take some of the emotional charge out of it and, and play with it and get excited about it, you, you will find, like you said, Jessica, a million different options to solve a problem. And it's, that's like flow state, right? That's when we, when we get in our flow and we watch these children like on their bikes and everything, and they're just moving and playing and they get out of their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Like really um, being present, and you know, I don't know if you ever get those feelings. And it's not—it's nothing other than just a feeling of I am exactly where I am supposed to be, and that's what I feel like um, when we do serve others. Like those moments come, and like you said, that gratitude of like, oh, thank you. Like I get to do this. I get to do this. So, Sean, share with us how can the community support you? How can they get in touch with you? How how can they contact you and, and, and support what you're doing? Absolutely. So they can go to our website, reclaimprojectnw.org. It will tell you everything that we're doing. Um, so we do, we have a construction company that has a work crew on it kind of thing. So we do heavy, everything from heavy labor all the way to up to full house renovations. So that's a way that some, you know, bring us your project. Uh, we're definitely a, a licensed bonded professional renovation company. Uh, we are always looking for donations when it comes to households. Like we, we operate 12 properties now. So we're always looking for those gently used couches and, and dressers. For some reason, there's a shortage in dressers everywhere. Um, and uh, and then also, tell a young man. You know, I, I said this in the post the other day. Do more than just tell a young man who's struggling out there. Walk him through the door. Get them on the phone with me or one of my managers. Walk him through the door and uh, and just bring us there, guys. We got We got room. We got, we got resources right now to really be able to make quite an impact here in Spokane. So just know us, share us, and, uh, and yeah. I, you know, I just got to share this last part. Um, first of all, you know that Darren and I are totally open to come in and help out whenever it, we can figure out some time. But um, a couple of years ago or last year, we were at um, Dishman Hills, and um, Darren kind of started talking to a gentleman out there. And you could tell, you know, he just – maybe, you know, didn't have a place to go. And Darren started talking to him and, um, had a conversation and, and we brought up, um, Pier Vida and we talked about it and I looked up the number and I got, you know, I wrote it down for him and, and it was something that we thought, Hey, we could really, you know, maybe help somebody out. But I like what you said is the next step is like walking him through the door because I think the hardest thing is maybe to make that first call for help. And so, um, that encourages us to, to do more also, you know, when we come across somebody that needs help, 
and that wants help, right? I mean, we can't, you can't force anyone, but, um, we'll, we'll take it to the next step, the next level. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Next level. Good vibes only. Subscribe. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram, Next Level PNW. Also, we are doing chats and rooms on Clubhouse. Um, but we would love for you to continue following us. And we will see you next time for episode number 10. Don't forget to share. Share.